Hello, and welcome to the Accountability Coach Podcast, where we discuss proven business success principles related to helping you make more money, work less, so you can enjoy even better work-life balance. This is Ann Backrack. Today, we are honored to have a very special guest with us that I think you will find helpful if you want to take your business to the next level. And we do all have a next level. So you can be on the path to having your ideal business and ideal life. Merrick Kahn is the CEO of Select Sales Development. She's a certified speaking professional and an emotional intelligence expert. She's the author of Myth Shift, Challenging the Truths that Sabotage Success. And she wrote, performed, and produced a one-woman inspiring comedy show called Book of Merit. Welcome, Merit. We appreciate you joining us. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here, Anne. Well, I want to just get right into it. I'm going to start with kind of a lengthy question, so hopefully we'll get to every component of it. So you talk about sales mindset. Mm. What is that exactly? Why does it matter? And how do I know if my sales mindset is helping me or hurting me? Ah, what a great question. So sales mindset. Sales mindset is really made up of three distinct parts. So there's your internal mind. That's what we say to ourselves. There's our behavioral mind. That's what our actions say to other people. And then there's our emotional mind. And that's how well we understand our own impact that we have on other people, just how our emotions impact us in good ways or in not so good ways. Now, a lot of times people will say, well, you know, sales mindset is important, but what I've found over the course of my 20 plus years working with sales professionals and entrepreneurs and business owners and people who are also very, very good at what they do, but in a million years would never consider themselves a quote unquote salesperson, that mindset can support them or sabotage them in using the skills that they've learned to close business. And so if you have a supportive sales mindset, that means you're empathetic with other people, you're empathetic to their what they're going on, to the challenges and problems that they share with you that you might be the solution to. But at the same time, you're also well balanced with assertiveness. So when you know that you have a problem that you can solve for them, you are unafraid and unapologetic to make an appropriate offer. And so there's many things that we can do to strengthen our sales mindset. But first, it's important to identify what are the parts of our mindset that are sabotaging us, whether that's the beliefs we say to ourselves or how we interact with other people or that emotional, those emotional um, triggers. You know, so many people, at least I've heard them say to me, my, my clients anyway, or <laughs> it's, hey, I don't want to be considered salesy or I don't want to come across as salesy or I don't want people to think I'm salesy. And my comment to them is, well, if you're being of service to people, I don't understand how you think you're salesy. How can you help them when they're thinking about those kind of things? Oh, man, I wish I had a dollar for every single person I've talked to over the course of my career who didn't want to be pushy and aggressive and salesy, but they wanted to be more influential with people so that people had a good opportunity to freely choose to do business with them. So, in fact, we call our our company Select Sales Development, and we spell it a little funny. We spell it S-E-L-L-E-C-T because... Selling is part of it, really, but we really want you to stop selling and start getting selected. 
So what that looks like is making appropriate offers because and and what an appropriate offer is, it's it's appropriate uh, because your solution is a true answer to someone's challenge or issue or pain. And it is appropriate for them in terms of what they're able and willing to invest to solve the problem that they have. And it's appropriate in terms of you're talking to the right person who can make a decision, who's who that decision will impact them personally or their role in the business. And so there are lots of elements that go into making an appropriate offer. And I think why salespeople get a bad rap when when they are being pushy and aggressive and salesy is when it's all about them, when it's about the salesperson reaching their quota or or trying to be the answer for everything. And when it's about you as the salesperson and you are disconnected from what the value is for your prospect, then it really occurs to everyone as salesy and pushy. But when you are able to put yourself in someone else's shoes and because of that, ask them good questions that have them think deeper about the issue that they have, then they're able to make a good decision for themselves, whether or not that means working with you. So my belief is when you sit down and have a conversation with me in person or over Zoom or on a phone call, my job is to make sure I'm asking you good questions so that you can get to the real heart of your issue. If in that conversation you determine or we determine together, I'm a good fit to help you solve that problem, then great, let's talk about what a relationship looks like and how we might work together. But before we can get to that point, it's not about me trying to push all of my solutions and ways I work on you. It's about asking good questions so that you can make that decision for yourself. So how would you help us develop a stronger sales mindset? Well, given that that sales mindset is made up of those three areas that I mentioned, that internal mind, behavioral mind, and emotional mind, what we do at Select Sales Development is we really make sure that we're assessing so that we see where you're starting from. Because I can't really train everybody the same way. Uh, I need to meet you where you are. So for example, many years ago, I had two guys in my sales training class Stephen and Daniel, they were really great. They worked for the same company. They were hired around the same time. They sold the same products and services in the same territory or on the same price point. I mean, everything with these two guys was the same. And if if I think back and I'm honest about it, I, I think they even looked alike. <laughs> like everything was the same. The challenge was, you know, even though they sat next to each other in my training class, learning the same material from the same coach in the same moment, Stephen had some amazing results and Daniel didn't really do much with what he'd learned. And so it forced me to take a look and see because I wasn't really able to take credit for Stephen's success if I didn't also take responsibility for Daniel's complacency, really. And so it had me look a layer deeper. And that's really when I started to get interested in the concept of a sales mindset. And so what I learned about that by assessing them was that there were very distinct differences in how they see the world and how they in how they were wired from that emotional mindset standpoint and their internal mindset, the beliefs that they have. 
So I first did an inventory. We we do this in our business now, but it's really like, you know, let's take an inventory of the things that you believe about money, about decision makers, about your own self-worth, what you think is a lot of money for you in terms of income and things like that. And those two gentlemen had vastly different beliefs about money and about uh, their earning potential. They also had a lot of distinctions in their emotional mindset. So uh, Stephen, as an example, was much more optimistic than Daniel. And optimism, we know, is one of the top five emotional intelligence attributes of top performing sales professionals. And so meeting Stephen where he was with a high level of optimism, he could see things working out. All I had to do was give him some better techniques to get to that outcome. With Daniel, recognizing that his optimism was not leading the way, so he really saw more of the obstacles in the way, not really being sure if things were going to work out in the end. So with that, that's a different mindset. If I taught them both techniques in the same way, I'd get through to Daniel, but I didn't get, or sorry, Stephen, but I didn't get through to Daniel in the same way. So I had to work with him just a little bit differently to first help him expand on his optimistic outlook. And then once he could see things working out, the the way that I would train him to get to that outcome was, was just different than how I worked with Stephen. So I, I think, you know, strengthening your sales mindset really takes a coach who understands that your mindset is the foundation of everything. So if I teach you good skills, but I layer it on top of a, of a faulty foundation of, your, of a mindset with some gaps, then all those skills are gonna kind of fall through the gaps. But if I can strengthen that foundation and you have a chance to choose those beliefs, maybe there are beliefs you have about money that you don't even know how they got imprinted, but you can now look at them as an adult and, and decide, you know what? I'm going to keep that belief. That one serves me in a business development role or wow, $100,000 is a lot of money. Like that made sense when I was 20, but now I have a family and three children and college and like that's not a lot of money anymore. So maybe I need to redecide that belief. So I think what I'm hearing you say is somewhat anyway is that optimism is obviously super important, but belief can be part of that optimism. Absolutely. Yeah. So you have to have a strong belief in something to, I think, be optimistic about it. Wouldn't you agree? I, I do agree with that. I think that when you do a belief inventory, you really take a look at all of the beliefs that you have. So, you know, a lot of the we just grew up with. Right. Some of it's cultural. Some of it's, you know, just something that was unique to our family or we had an experience. And so when you don't know what those beliefs are that are running your show, right, then you don't have much power to freely choose them or redecide, excuse me, redecide them. When you can look at them, you know, objectively and you can say, oh, at some point I thought $100,000 was a lot of money. I can see how that served me back then. It no longer serves me to get me to the the aggressive goals and dreams I have for my life. So I'd like to rewrite that belief. And my position is always if we why do you feel stuck with a belief that you have? It's like um, it's like hand me down. You know how maybe you had a cousin and they weren't exactly your size, but you got all their hand me down sweaters and they fit 
someone else, but they don't really fit you. And so my point is, instead of just living with that, like, oh, this is a hand-me-down belief. I guess I just have to wear the sweater. Why not try the sweater on and go, oh, you know what? It's a little too long in the arms. I'm going to return this. And I'm going to I'm going to put on a sweater that really fits me. And that's the same thing with beliefs. We get to look at them and say, I would like to keep this one. This one supports me. Like I have a very strong belief that the money that I've needed shows up for me. And it doesn't mean I don't work for it. It doesn't mean it magically appears in my mailbox. But I have been in business for myself for more than 20 years. And every year at the beginning of the year, I kind of look at my numbers and I go, oh, I wonder how this year is going to work out. And every year it works out. So I have a supportive belief backed up with mountains of evidence that, you know, things just kind of happen. And I know that I work hard for it, but I know that that belief is supporting me as opposed to you know, every year I wonder, like, how am I going to make this year work out? And then if I freak out and stress about it, that does not support me in getting to where I want to go. So what are the most important emotional intelligence attributes for a strong salesperson? I'm just going to use the salesperson as context. It could Absolutely. be an entrepreneur or, or whatever role you're in. Yeah. So there's the, the top five are self-actualization independence, self-regard, optimism, and assertiveness. So I'll just say a little bit about those. So self-actualization is, it's having that growth mindset. It's being interested in other things in your life, right? So it's being, it, it's, I think about it like being well-rounded, right? Like I, I know that I have the capacity to learn and to grow. I'm constantly trying to get better and I'm, I like that part of myself. So that's essentially what self-actualization is. Independence is that ability to consider all the information around you, but stand grounded and able to freely make a decision and support your case and defend your position and things like that. So you can consider things around you, but then when it, you know, the buck stops here and you can make a decision. Uh, self-regard you might think of as confidence. It's distinct from self-esteem, which I think, you know, self-esteem, we're looking for people from the outside to kind of build up our self-esteem. Self-regard, I think about as emanating from the inside out. So when I feel strongly about my own capabilities and who I am in the world, then that emanates out from me and touches everything that that is around me. So strong self-regard allows me to rise to the level and play at a high a high game. Optimism, which we talked about, that is as you would expect, it's it's seeing a positive outcome. It's it's seeing the the good, right? And being clear that things will work out. But it's not being so optimistic that you're in an argument with reality. So I really like to look at this one as it relates to um, reality testing. So you really want to have a balance and I call it anchored optimism. So it's it's optimistic and you always want to be, you know, have that strong outcome to pull you toward it. But you also want to balance that with some reality check and you're, you know, so you're not in an argument with reality about the obstacles that are in your path to get to that optimistic goal. And then finally, assertiveness. 
that is uh, very distinct from it's aggressive. It's not aggressive or pushy, but assertive person is is able to, like I had mentioned earlier, empathize with someone else, but still be strong in letting someone know, I do have a solution for you. And I think a strong sales professional has just enough assertiveness to be able to say, how many would you like <laughs> to, to make strong and appropriate offers? This is really good stuff. <laughs> I'm so glad you like it, Anne. I am really digging all this. I really am. This is, uh, I, I can't take notes fast enough, actually. So <laughs> this is, I mean, a lot to really think about and how these are all intertwined in who we are, how we think, and how we present ourselves to get the outcome that we want or not. Yeah. So. Yeah, they, they really are. And, you know, we kind of put it together in what we call our open for business framework. Take a look at the ways you go to, to work, the action plans you have, the skill sets that you have, and most importantly, the mindsets that you have that are either helping you or hurting you to reach your aggressive goals. And that open for business framework is really about mindset mechanics and motion. So mindset, like we've talked about, is really that foundation. And then the mechanics of how you do the thing, right? Like your skill sets in terms of asking good questions and having people feel comfortable telling you their budgets and moving things through the sales process. And then motion is really about the actions and behaviors you do to reach your goals. So when we look at all three of those areas, that's when we can kind of do a, a deep dive and say, okay, all of these areas are gonna impact each other, right? If you have a strong mindset, you're gonna be in action more. And when you're in action more, your skills are gonna improve. So all three work together, but I could start anywhere in that trio, right? If you improve your action plan, you're gonna have some better results. And so that's gonna shift your mindset, give you more excitement to try some new skills, right? So it really doesn't matter where you start, it just matters that you do start. And that's really the magic, the magic formula is to always be working on all three of those and know which one will be the right place for you at this moment in time to open your mind and ask yourself the question, have I already decided it could it can't get any better or am I open to another outcome? And you know, am I open to a new possibility? And I think when we ask ourselves that question, we can also ask our prospects and you know clients that question, and it opens a dialogue for what do we need to do to improve our, our outcomes. So speaking about the open for business framework, I believe that you have a special download or something that, that we can take advantage of. Yeah, I'd love to share that with your listeners. Um, a lot of people, when I when I talk about the Open for Business framework, they kind of like the idea of it, but it's, you know, there's so much to it. So we put together a report and I, it's a free download. So if you go to uh, meritcon.com slash podcast, you'll just fill out the information there and uh, we'll send you the download right away and you can learn a little bit more about which of the aspects of the Open for Business framework really speak to you. We're actually in development. We're all putting the finishing touches on an assessment so that you can answer some questions from your own perspective and then get a better handle on which aspect of that framework is the right place for you to put some focus to make to uh, get to your next level of growth. So that's in the works. So if anybody who downloads that open for business uh, framework 
uh, report will then be notified immediately when that assessment is uh, is live in action. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. Merritt, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us? You know, I think you've asked some great questions, so I appreciate that, Anne. I think uh, a lot of times I'm asked, and and uh, if you're not, you can't see me in, in my background, but I have a pillow in the background of my office, and it says, are you open to? And I believe that those four words, if you got nothing else from the rest, from the wealth of information that I've shared in, in this conversation, if you ask that question to yourself, am I open to a new possibility? Am I open to having a conversation with someone? Am I open to, you know, really listening to an alternative perspective on anything? That is a great question to keep, to remind you to be open to the ideas and the challenges of that other people are bringing to you. But also it's a great question to ask your prospects and your clients, your business partners, your colleagues, are you open to another possibility? Are you open to a new way that we might go to market? Are you open to um, answering some questions about your business so I can determine how, how or if I can really be of service to you? Those four words really can transform so many different conversations. And uh, it's something that I'm kind of becoming known for. And uh, when I whether I'm doing a keynote at a conference or coaching conversations, I'm pretty sure you can't really talk to me for more than a few minutes without me saying some version of that question. <laughs> well, I'm going to be using it. <laughs> Excellent. I love it. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to take it and put it to use right away, Merritt. <laughs> I love it. Very good. Well, I appreciate your time again being here and sharing such great insights with us that can help us go to our next level. Well, it's been my pleasure to be here. Thanks, Anne. Well, my hope for our time together with Merritt is that you got value and an idea or two that will help you be even more successful professionally and personally. Feel free to share my podcast with others as they can be found on most podcast platforms and in most English speaking countries. And if you'd like to get a short daily fix from me, subscribe to the Accountability Minute, which can also be found on most podcast platforms and in most English speaking countries. And if you'd like to get more proven business success resources and tips, subscribe to my blog by going to accountabilitycoach.com forward slash blog. And remember to aim for what you want each and every day. Until next time, make it a great day, today and every day. I appreciate you listening.